0: Full circle, baby.
1: Yeah, appreciate. Sure. Like that took long enough to get it going.
0: Remember, we're but there. we're here. We made it. We're recording. We're on live. Yeah, we're on perfect. The live. Well, I guess it's not really live. Yeah, for the people listening. Mm,
1: live for us right now. We've talked about doing like YouTube shows or whatever. That could, that could be a live show.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should do like a YouTube live Zoom call or something when you're in Japan.
1: Yeah. I, on my way here, I was actually thinking about maybe doing a podcast series by myself. Just oh, fuck yeah, dude. Kind of like a journal. Do it. Why not? It's different skill for sure, speaking by yourself. I remember doing it once with Kusa's cor- Corner mm. where I uh, put the question sticker up on my Instagram and then had, the, oh, no had my followers submit questions and then I talked about those questions.
0: It was all sports related at the time, eh? No, this
1: was stuff from like all over the thing. So like one person I remember asked me like, what are some conspiracy theories you believe in? <laughs> <laughs> and I, <laughs> I went through all the ones I was like, yeah, this one could be true, but nah, I think it's bullshit. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it's that it was tough. I I had to take a couple takes to uh, for sure. to get it down. I think it'd be fun. I'd I've kind of uh, wanted to try it as well. The toughest part is the intro, I think. Once you get going, it's okay. Yeah, it's when you try to script things. That's always Agreed. tougher. Agreed
0: i've heard actually in the so marcus gave me a book called loaned me a book called the art of impossible and i'm really enjoying the bit about the creative process and apparently so essentially creativity is best done within a framework you need a structure to move in around so if you just literally like if you think about it like painting if you just start with a huge blank piece of paper it can be kind of hard but if you give yourself like a start point an the end point, or the author was talking with this about this particularly with writing all of his books. He gives himself a starting point and an ending point and then allows himself to do whatever he wants in between. But it gives you that direction and enough structure to give your creative process um, something to aim at. But at the same time, you're not getting too caught up in sticking to something.
1: I found that a very fascinating section of the book because, and he even says this, you know with creativity there's often a misconception of like thinking out the outside the box you need to think inside the box is what he says right exactly mm-hmm. exactly which is interesting it's cool and a lot of people think of creativity as you know coming up with ideas that have never been done before which they are it is technically But it draws inspiration from things, right? Of course. And as I was reading that section of the book, I thought a lot about that podcast you sent to me, The Second Brain. Yeah.
0: How important that is for the creative process.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why you see a lot of creative artists. They're pretty well-versed in a lot of different areas of culture Mm -hmm. because they use all that inspiration. You look at music artists. A lot of them use like, comedic skits mm-hmm. in their albums or yeah, freddie gibbs yeah <laughs> just in, even intros to songs yeah. are, are little snippets
0: from tv shows oh i mean look what hip-hop was is a version of the creative i mean i guess all music is but hip-hop in particular because its roots came from other genres of music you know jazz uh uh, different writing music blues and it, it brought Disco. it together in different samples and then you'd speak over the samples it's literally this is how yeah man i've been viewing the creative process i've been thinking about it more recently because of that book and i've been viewing it in relationship to my life and just like how i'm moving through it on a broader scale and i totally agree that the creative process is essentially you you accumulate lots of different things from different areas and, and you accumulate them by simply like by paying attention and showing a little bit of interest in something, right? And literally anything. And eventually you're able to take those pieces. I feel like it oftentimes will happen like kind of spontaneously, but you're going to take like eight different things that you've seen in different areas. And all of a sudden with those eight things, you're going to create one new idea or one new thing. And that's a new thing, but it's made from old things. So it, it comes back to what you're saying about something being new, but it's not really new. It's a new version, it's yeah. a new perspective on things that were already alive and existing. Which is I love it.
1: Yeah. Just gets me fired up for a for shame. Sure. That's why I think it practicing creativity, you don't really think of that being a thing. Mm. All those like shitty tries that that don't end up working out like mm. that that is part of the creative process. It's required. It's trial and error mm-hmm. until you find that thing that sticks. That's mm. a solid solution or a solid piece of art mm. that brings around the emotion you were intending to mm-hmm. to bring out of people.
0: It's like trying to go through a maze. But well, you know those old mazes and magazines when you're a little kid and you take the pencil and you find that route to the end? It's like you're going to hit some dead ends, especially if it's a hard maze. It's a hard creative process. But if you don't hit those dead ends, you're never going to get to the other side of the maze. So it, it's like you're going to, yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot. But it's kind of fun too.
1: I've never actually really thought of failure having that big an impact on creativity until now. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people lack. In creativity, do you think they do? I think so. I don't think. I don't think. Sorry, everyone sucks at being creative.
0: Marcus said it first.
1: Ever anyone (laughs) can be creative? No, I know, but anyone can be creative. But most people don't even try.
0: Mm. I think a lot of it has to do with not really knowing how to be creative. Right. When you if you want to be good at math, okay, start doing math problems. I don't know creativity I guess it's taught in school through like writing and art it's probably taught in many ways I'm not aware of but I I agree it's a little bit more abstract at least it's I've perceived it that way throughout most of my life it's like you're the creative or you're not but are you saying can be worked on like anything else is that what I'm getting from you yeah for sure They definitely can. It's a muscle.
1: But it it goes back to also what's in the book about, you know, the feedback of creativity and that in so many things, we take it as a success or a failure. It's a very binary feedback system. Mm. But in creativity, there's no binary feedback. There's just better or worse. Going back to kind of Darwin, like survival of the fittest. It's kind of what solution fits the current circumstances the best. Yes. The, the,
0: I think part of the issue with what you kind of said there, like the better or worse thing about creativity. And so this is what I understood what you said. People view it, the creative process, because I think people tend to view everything like this. Whenever you're trying to do something, you move, you, you have a goal in mind and you don't get there right away. You failed. Right. And you're saying in creativity, and I think you could generate, you could say this for anything, but it's not binary. It's not like you've either failed or succeeded because each failure is a part of the road towards success. It's not, when you fail, it's not that des- you haven't reached a destination and now the game's over like a video game. Right. It's part of the journey and but people you're view viewing it too binary. I think with creativity, though. Well, look at
1: how we evaluate like art, musical artists, right? How do you evaluate them? People even say, "Oh, they're at the peak of their career." What's mm. the peak of a, an artist's career? I guess when they're most popular. Yeah, when they can provide the most value to society. It's not that they can, can provide
0: the most value; it's that society is taking value from them at yes. that point in time.
1: Yes, that—that's what I was trying to say but there's something in respecting the artists that you know someone like kanye west who is going to say fuck it i'm doing a gospel album mm-hmm. might not be my highest selling album but i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. kid cuddy like i'm gonna do a rap album where i'm rapping mostly may not be his top top selling album but he's doing it mm-hmm. and i think that there's a, a lot of respect that at least for me, that I, I give to those individuals that are willing to take risks, continue to create based off of their own interests and not based off of like monetary gain or. I
0: think that's the only true way to create to create quality, because when you're creating from your own interests, it's so much more genuine. There's so much more energy and passion behind it, because the 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 purpose that's driving it you're so much more connected to it. Whereas if it's just pure money, I think it's not as sustainable. It's not as much for yourself. And uh, the quality, therefore, I think will go down overall of the production.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking about what I said earlier about not everyone is practicing creativity. Hmm. Do you think... Everyone has a platform to be creative. Of course. Yeah. Said that pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. You think that was a dumb
0: question? No, there's not dumb questions. I don't think it was a dumb question.
1: Well, what do you think about it? You asked the question. I uh, I think back to a quote, and I was talking about it earlier today with my family at dinner, because it's probably gonna be my grad quote when I finish university. But Arsene Wenger, the, uh, the manager of Arsenal Football Club, my, uh, my favorite team, I grew up watching his teams and they used to play a very nice style of soccer in the eyes of soccer fans, you know, lots of intricate passes, Uh, Exciting, attacking, goal-scoring style of soccer instead of just sitting back and defending. Where it's a one-nothing game, Mm -hmm. they would have games where they're scoring multiple goals. And he had this quote, and he said, "I think the aim in anything in life is to do it so well that it becomes an art." Mm. And you love it. That resonates with me.
0: I, I can I can connect with that for sure. I view climbing in that light and now I think, ah, dude, it's fantastic. Can I go on a tangent here for a second? Of course. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Beautiful. Um, so going back to the creative process that you were talking about earlier, right. In terms of taking lots of different things that are all already existing, that they're all, they might be new to you because you've experienced it for the first time, but taking lots of different things from different areas. And combining that into something that's new, that's unique to you because you created it. And that's something that I'm trying to do across the main facets of my life right now. So wherever I am, let's say it, whether it's in climbing at the gym or working at the office or from home, whatever, you know, calling people, trying to sell software or having a conversation with somebody or doing my meditation. I'm always looking for things in a specific way, not so much looking, but I'm like, what lessons are here to be learned right now? Take those lessons across each of the disciplines and kind of combine them together. Okay. This is the things that I've learned. How can I take these lessons and and apply it to something new or push myself forward in a different way? And it's super exciting and it's super fun for me to do that. And in climbing, I put so much time and effort into it that it became an, like, it felt like an art form for me. You know, you're expressing yourself while you're on the wall because you put so much time into it. But at the same time, it's it feels like I love it. I love it when I'm climbing and it feels perfect and beautiful, right? It just... Whew. And that's something that I want. That's the lesson I've learned there that I want to bring into the other facets of my life. And that's
1: kind of that's what I wanted to say. So with climbing... You're starting to see some creativity in it, right? Yeah. So, how did it? At what point did it start becoming where you had the necessary skills to maybe do a route in different styles mm. and get creative with different betas mm. and different different routes of getting up yeah, the climb,
0: like different methods of getting to the top? Yeah so because that doesn't come right at the beginning no but it can come way earlier so first you need to get the foundation of knowledge in terms of knowing different techniques knowing different styles
1: and right? that's what the and
0: practice that's the practice and that's just exposing yourself and this is the same creative process now it's just in climbing, though it's like you expose yourself to a bunch of different techniques bunch of different styles and then you start incorporating them and in you're climbing right um now, it might take you longer to put these different pieces together, especially if you're not looking for them, like different techniques, different styles of climbing. But you can begin that creative process very early on in your climbing or whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't matter how novice you are. Maybe at the very beginning when you don't know anything, you need to learn a certain amount, but with what you just asked me, how often or when did I start doing different techniques and trying the same route? three, four or five times and just climbing it in different ways. And because in climbing, you can very much choose the level of difficulty that you're going to do. So when you're warming up, you can choose very easy climbs that you've essentially already mastered. And so very early on, once you've gotten to a point where you've mastered one level of difficulty, then you can begin playing with that level of difficulty, trying to do it specifically in one type of style, trying to do it specifically in another type of style. And seeing how some styles are really useful in some areas of the climb, and really horrible in others, right? And then you start to see, okay, this works well here, this doesn't work well here, and you can start different combinations, and it becomes like this. Yeah, you become the master, you know, playing the playing the violin and using different different notes at different points on the climb. Oh, love it, dude!
1: So, for yourself, what type of climb around these two do you respect more? What do you mean? I'm going to give you two, oh, gotcha. two types of climbers. The first one is someone that can do extremely hard climbs, but only with their one style mm. or a climber that can't do as hard climbs, but can do multiple styles. What, what do you think is more impressive?
0: I think they're both very impressive. I think if I had to choose which one to move towards myself, I think I'd lean a little bit more towards the variety, but I'd also want the strength. Okay, but- Well, oh, fuck I, you just want to be Superman then. But, but like, if you, like, at the very top of it, like if there's a certain baseline of strength that I had regardless, then the, the variety.
1: I respect both of them, you know. They have different interests. If you had to guess, what do you think most people would choose? Well, if I had
0: guessed, like, maybe I think strength, But I think there's reasons for that. Like I think guys would maybe typically like, I'm not even saying this is as a fact because But if I have to say one, I'd say it's that one. Yeah. I think partially because strength is so uh, obvious, like it's so visible. And so there's multiple feedbacks there's a lot of like external positive feedback from other people. So there's kind of like, it's a bit ego driven in that sense, which is fine, but it, it should be recognized because otherwise you can let it get out of control cause injury. Maybe, maybe like it did to me, who knows?
1: Yeah. It makes me think for being a fan of that creative side, Mm. you think those are people that are intrinsically like intrinsically value the activity? Where it's not oh, about that winning, yeah, or it's yeah, yeah. not about that success and failure, it's more about that growth mindset. It's about,
0: it's. see, this is very much, I think, the journey versus the destination. Because when you really love the activity, it doesn't matter where you're at in the process, you're just enthralled in it, you're loving every moment of it, and you're trying to learn from whatever you can, because you like it so much. But when you have that specific destination of like, I wanna be this strong to be able to do this specific, you know, then, like, yeah, you push yourself more maybe a little bit during the process, but you're not as open to everything because you're very more, much more specific in your goal and maybe you don't enjoy it as much either. So I think at the end of the day, yeah, the best way to get good at it is to be like really into the entire process as a whole. And I think what we're talking about here is super applicable to anything. Like whatever you want to learn, play with the thing once you have a certain understanding.
1: Try different variants out of it, you know, play with it. It's important to have different styles so then you can adapt too, right? Exactly, the environment, environment changes. changes. Exactly. So it makes me think of soccer where you have, you know, a, a guy like Jose Mourinho, who's a manager, has been super successful and his style of play is, you know, let's sit back and defend, mm. not give in any, let in any goals uh, and we'll score one or two and we'll win the game. hmm and for a period of time, that was a really, really good style of play, but the game evolved and there's more high pressing. And so the defense brings on more pressure by sitting back and by bringing on more pressure, they make mistakes mm-hmm. and then let in goals and then they'd end up not it's having easy. the attack and, and losing. Yeah. So it's, it's important to have this wide variety, this tool set that is adaptable where you can be creative and and figure out the solution that works best for the circumstances. And, and that essentially is what creativity is, is giving yourself that toolbox and then using that toolbox in the best yes. way you see fit. Yes, dude. And at the beginning in your toolbox,
0: when you first start something, all you got is a hammer. And then you got to go learn how to hammer nails. And then eventually, so it's interesting because you could spend all of your time Doing as many tasks as possible with only a hammer, and you become extremely creative and like really good at using hammers. Like you can hammer nails into the wall, but maybe you can also pull up dry like flooring or something. I don't know. You whatever. I don't. I don't actually know much. You're about not, that. A <laughs> not a hammer master. Not a hammer master. But or you could learn to hammer to a basic degree, and then get another tool and learn that, and then they get another tool and learn that, and start using all of the tools in different ways. And it's build a house. It's interesting because both work. Both have their limits, right? Like if you have too many tools too early, well, now maybe you don't give the hammer any time. You don't give any of the tools enough time to learn them really well. But if you stick with only one tool, you learn it really, really well, but you know, you're missing out on other opportunities in terms of building shit. Like you can never saw anything that kind of sucks. So it's finding that balance between, you know, learning one thing really well, but also learning that variety. And I think that comes down to interests, following your interests.
1: The specialization versus broadening, yeah. like, broad mm-hmm. skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, where is your interest naturally flowing at this moment? let towards the hammer. Okay, spend some time with the hammer. But remember that there's other tools out there.
1: And it is about, you it's know, about, like, it's with the, creativity and, because... With everything, dude. Sometimes, yes, sometimes you do need the expertise in one area to... to be creative. Yes. Totally. Like we're talking about with climbing, you know, you have to practice, you have to get that expertise of using the different s- movements mm-hmm. so that you can be creative in that beta and, mm-hmm. and, and that client. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, for other, other activities, it's important to have that wide range of skills. Like if you were to build a house, you need to have some sort of interior design mm-hmm. skills. You need to have some electrical skills. You need to have,
0: interesting all these
1: different things I think so it depends on the task at hand
0: it totally depends on the task at hand and I think it's good uh, it's a good opportunity when the task at hand is small or kind of inconsequential to take the time to like okay I'm going to try and only do this task with a hammer today so I get to know the hammer better okay next time I'm only going to use the saw whatever and then when you finally do get to building that big project that's going to demand a variety of different tools and that you know those tools well then you play with each tool in situations where it was kind of irrelevant so you have that broader understanding of multiple tools but still the in-depth understanding of each tool and again
1: all this takes time right for sure and to kind of wrap this up yeah. onto one summary of what we've just discussed it, it goes back to <laughs> it goes back to what you were saying about thinking inside the box You've got to recognize mm. the situation and the circumstances and the parameters that you have. Yes. And make the decision of okay, how can I be creative with these certain, yes, yes. certain circumstances? Totally. That was fun, dude. Yeah, this was a shorter one, and Christian and I are thinking about shortening these episodes. I, I kind of like it. I don't know, like 15, quick punches, minutes. <laughs> Yeah, get in there, shake people's craniums up a little bit, and get out. Exactly. I don't even know what hit them. <laughs> Chris and Christian, left. Well, we've been talking about creativity in the past and wanted to do an episode on mm-hmm. it. So, here we go. Have we done
0: well, one on balance yet?
1: No. Well, everything's really gotten a bit of balance. Everything's everything, dude. It's fucked.
0: It's fucked. Everything is everything. Like, we're talking about creativity and climbing here, but it's applicable to anything else. It's true. Or the hammer. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not talking about hammering.
1: Well, deep end podcast.
0: Today, I'd say we went, let's say, like 50 meters deep. Yeah. Let's mark it, measure it 50 meters. It's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I like that. That's going to be our ending segment for. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. moving forward. Rate how death. deep we went. Yeah,
0: okay, cool. 50 meters. All right. All right, cool. Props.